0: Live from Studio G at Goodman Law Group's headquarters, this is The Good Law Pod, a show that dives into your questions about all things HOA. Well, welcome to another podcast with Good Law Pod. I'm Clint Goodman with Goodman Homegrown Law Group, and today I'm joined by Jeremy Spilsbury, owner of Tree Doctor. Jeremy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here, Clint.
0: We're really excited to have you um, here. You and I went to high school and we grew up together. You know, friends from high school, and it's neat yep. to see us in the same industry even now. Sometimes you get to see my ugly mug. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy, just for the listeners out there, he's an arborist and he owns Tree Doctors, and so he's been doing this and playing in this tree space for a very long time. We thought it'd be a great podcast idea, and we've heard from our listeners that you know they, they, they wanted questions answered about tree maintenance and, and to go over some of the tree items that, you know, I just am not an expert on. You know, I can handle the legal stuff, but it's always good to have a tree expert around. And um, so we're going to cover some of those things. So a couple of things we're going to cover today before we get into turning some time over to Jeremy is we're going to talk about um, tree roots, and the invasiveness of tree roots and the damage they can cause. And what we can do as homeowners association managers and board members to help mitigate some of the tree root invasion. We're going to talk about tree maintenance and some of the disputes, maybe on a boundary line and how we can deal with those and uh, some of the other pain points that we have. So Jeremy, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I've um, been in the industry for 23 years now. Got involved,
1: my father had a background in in the, he was a PhD in agronomy, and so he developed um, uh, a way to treat a micronutrient deficiency that's commonly manifest in, in trees here.
0: So uh, you need to explain that, because I don't know, I have any idea, okay. you said
1: agronomy? Agronomy, uh, it's the science of of uh, plant crops, so he had a, you know, did a lot of um, chemistry and soil science and things of that nature. Perfect, Okay. So then what did he do with that? So uh, my older brother um, and I took some of his ideas and we started doing that in high school, um, just going around and and uh, soliciting the, the, the service to treat trees that have uh, micronutrient efficiency. And so we did that for a few years. And then we got a lot of requests for uh, pruning trees. And so we started to think, you know, that might be, something uh, good to get involved in, and so we started to to learn about that, pruning trees and and maintaining them, uh, you know, more than just the fertilization and health aspects, and so we've been doing that since about 1997, the pruning um, of trees and removal and stump grinding, and we continue to also provide health services for trees.
0: Okay, great. So, health services for trees. Let's start there, shall we? Sure. Sure. Um, I was just at a board meeting two nights ago and I'm walking out of the pool clubhouse area and there's a nice, beautiful, mature pine tree and you can see Brown starting to develop. What's the cause of that? And I know the manager is complaining and the board was complaining about some of their trees starting to die, but they were complaining because they're saying, Hey, we're, we're treating the trees, but they're still dying. What's happening there?
1: Yeah. So one thing to recognize is these are all non-native species that are brought into a, a desert, a very arid environment, and um, and when they're younger, they usually the, the irrigation systems are uh, adequate. But as the trees get bigger, those water needs increase, and it's uh, very um, it's very common for the trees not to get enough water, and they can you know they can uh, endure that for for years, but but they eventually, it, it does take a toll, and they begin to, to decline, and so usually what we find is watering is probably the, the number one issue that we have with uh, with
0: tree decline. So tree decline, water number one, it's not the bark beetle, because I was is, in Colorado a couple it weeks is, ago, and it's uh, not the bark beetle, uh, right? A lot
1: of people, um, you know, they, they think that's it. It's not. We do have bores that will come in, but those are opportunistic insects. And so what will happen is a tree will be drought stressed, um, kind of like in the bark, bark beetles. It's a different species of, of beetle, but um, they'll come in and then they'll be able to to colonize in the tree and,
0: and, and cause damage because there's not enough sap flow as a result of low low water. So you can see then, but you see the boreholes or you see the damage to the tree caused by the beetles? Yeah. And people immediately think that's the the primary
1: cause. And that's just a secondary issue. It's not getting enough water. So you give it enough water. And even if you get the beetles, the green will come back. It Depends on how far gone it is, you know, how, how much damage
0: is done. But yeah,
1: that's definitely what needs to happen.
0: Okay. Fair enough. I didn't know that. I didn't know it's a yeah. water issue. I've always just assumed it was the bark beetle because <laughs> that's just no. what I assume. <laughs> well, here's another question for you then. So we always, me, we meaning the attorneys, mm-hmm. we always deal with the worst of the worst situations right. when a manager calls us freaking out because a tree is ruptured a sewer pipe or a water line yeah. or whatever it might be. Um, in your opinion, what are some of the most invasive trees that cause root problems in Arizona? And uh, let's start there, and then I'll have some okay. follow-up questions.
1: Yeah, number one is sisu. Sisu trees are notorious. Uh, unfortunately, they became very popular to plant several years ago, so we have a lot of them. But they are, have an incredibly invasive root system. Cottonwoods, you know, we don't have as many of those. But uh, any any tree roots. Um, any roots from trees can potentially be a problem, but uh, yeah, sisus are
0: our number one culprit Why did developers plant so many of those cissus? Uh
1: because they grow so fast and so you have a mature tree in you know a fraction of the time and,
0: and, and It they, just and makes it look really pretty f- during the uh, cell period. I get ve- very right? lush and they have very few problems so very few problems meaning
1: They they're you know pretty drought tolerant. They don't get micronutrient deficiency. They're they're they don't have uh, pathogens that really cause any problems with them.
0: Okay, but it's just super invasive root. Yeah. yeah, I have a sisu in my yard. I've been trying to remove that thing for years and it just keeps coming yeah. back, it won't you, die.
1: When you cut them down, they, they send out all sorts of um, the buds from the roots, propagate and, and they, they can be a nightmare, yeah.
0: So how do you actually remove effectively remove a sisu then?
1: So we, we treat it with herbicide at the time of removal. And that a systemic herbicide, and that um, we have fairly good success with that. It Doesn't necessarily always um, eradicate any problem, but usually it take. You know, we do have a, a lot of complete success, and then a lot of times we'll have to come back for a few uh, visit follow up visits to to get volunteers that that didn't get uh,
0: didn't get zapped. So several of the questions I get is uh, come from managers that are taking over at turnover from the uh-huh. developer. That seems to be when these trees end up being a problem is shortly after the homeowners association takes over from the developer or at turnover. And, uh, they end up having sidewalks being uprooted, mm-hmm. you know, like we'd mentioned the pipe situation yeah. and the advice to them typically is let's get rid of some of these trees because the developer overplanted." Yeah. Yeah. Do you know why developers overplant in the beginning? Just be, again, just is it just purely for aesthetics? Yeah,
1: I think for for curb appeal, and um, the, I, I don't really know the real reason. That's always been my my assumption
0: that that's why they do it. So when when they approach you on these things uh, and you go out there, do you remove all the sisus? Do you recommend removing all the sisus and replacing them with something else, or do you just? try to get rid of as many as you can
1: it just depends on the on the property if if they have adequate room then they can be a great tree if they're in a little you know window area between a curb and a sidewalk or next to a house and there's potential to, to have a lot of problem there so and then some tree some communities have you know a, a significant amount of sisu so to come in and remove them all probably not the best um best idea but to phase them out over
0: time and plant something different i had an attorney uh buddy of mine at another firm say hey listen do you we uh, had a sisu that i think we were able to stunt the growth the root just by treating it with a i don't know some treatment Mm -hmm. and it just stunted the growth of the sisu and it kept it at that stage (laughs) and it didn't make sense to me
1: i'm i'm skeptical of that there are some growth regulators that um that aren't haven't really been tried and true or or tested on on sisu trees that potentially could slow the growth i mean you could um i guess you could water it less and and you know some cultural practices like that might contain some of the growth but they. To actually stun it, I don't think
0: that's possible. There's no magic pill, no, <laughs> not yet, not yet. Maybe, maybe in the future. I hope so. I hope I can sell it too. Yeah, that'd be great, right? <laughs> Spray the tree with some stunt blocker, and yeah. the, the roots stop, and no more pipe problems.
1: Yeah, we we do offer that growth regulator. Um, to you know, it is supposed to slow the growth by you know thirty. Forty percent, but again, that's something we—it's—it's it's pretty new for us in using it. So, it, it, we're not exactly certain how effective it is at this
0: point. What other trees have you used it on that you know are effective?
1: Um, well, we—we we only have done it for a couple years, and so in this market, they, they use it a lot in the line clearance um, industry, you know, because they—they clear areas under the the line, uh, the power lines, and and so they spray those trees to. To slow the growth down, mm-hmm. you know, reduces maintenance costs. But uh, here in the valley, you know, there's not a there, there's not a lot of literature or or, or research that's done it with here in the valley. So we're kind of trying to do our own.
0: Okay, well, that's good to know. I didn't really yeah. think there was even a stunt uh, growth stunt blocker, but yeah. or, but not, I guess there is. Yeah, and there wh- is. time will tell whether it's effective on SISUs. Yep. Okay, so SISUs are the number one bad boy in Arizona. Yeah. Um, Anything else that you think is pretty much an? Inv- I would consider Sisus invasive, just yes. because every time I try to remove mine, I get cuts on my hands, and uh, I, I may use a little bit of profanity <laughs> because it's back three weeks later, yeah. sprouting somewhere else.
1: Yeah, no, they cause a lot of problems for sure.
0: <laughs> so, what is another invasive tree that that you've seen in the valley that they,
1: that that's planted currently? I mean, there's there you got uh, salt cedars, but people don't plant those. Um, you know, I I don't know that that I can think of anything that that's comparable to a sisu that we're dealing with right yeah. now. That's that's currently you know being planted.
0: Yeah, it seems like every time there's an invasive root situation, it's like nine times out of ten it's a sisu. Yeah, right? yeah, but yeah. but um, yeah, there there definitely are
1: you know a lot of undesirable qualities of, about other trees that we have here as far as litter and and um, a big issue is just people planting trees in the
0: wrong site, the wrong location. You know, so we see that a lot. Too close to a home, so the tree... Can a sisu tree root invade the foundation and actually start to damage the foundation of concrete? It's possible.
1: I mean, the, the foundations usually go pretty deep. The roots um, tend to stay in the, the upper three feet of the soil. But, yeah, I mean, that, that, that would be
0: possible. And okay. I'm sure so- it has happened. So the damage you're seeing is mostly just related to pipes, utility lines, that walls, kind of Walls, sidewalks, uh, landscape borders. Okay. So walls you're talking about growing underneath the foundation or the footer and then yeah, the footer. causing the, the wall to tip over. Or, or, or lift. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So next question. Uh, we're going to shift gears for a second. Okay. Uh, microbursts in the monsoon season, you know, we're coming into the winter now, but monsoons are going to be on us in a couple more months, six more months, eight months out. Um, you know, I'm a little worried about some trees out there. Uh, I think the eucalyptus tree, I've got a few in my neighborhood and it seems like every year when we have the monsoon come in, I see a couple Mm -hmm. more branches on the ground. Uh, what trees are more susceptible to damage in these strong storms? So trees
1: that, um, you know, root, the root system, if it's not a, a, a strong, healthy root system, you, you'll see a lot. If you notice, next time there's a storm and you're, you see trees uprooted, sometimes you'll see a, a, a lot of trees that won't have much of a root system, especially the pines, they'll come out and they'll just be like, um, they won't have any roots. They'll be like a sharp pencil point at the end. And that's a result of girdled root system. Um, so the roots wrap around. And that that's something that defective at time of planning because of being in the container too long, and the roots go to the edge of the container, and then they start to circle. Um, so that you know, there's not a lot you can do about that once the tree's established, other than identifying it uh, potentially and removing it before before the fact. But trees that have long lateral branches that are heavy at the end um, that can be exacerbated by improper pruning. Pruning the middle of the tree and then not addressing the end weight or reducing the, the length of the those laterals, so they grow longer and heavier at the ends, and so they're they're going to be more susceptible. Or trees that are um, raised higher than 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 is necessary, and so there becomes more of a, a fulcrum or uh, uh, a weakness when when
0: the winds do blow. So. Oh, uh, eucalyptus could be healthy and couldn't with can withstand monsoon if it's just properly pruned and trimmed. And
1: when you when you're talking about microburst, uh, you I mean it, it'll take out a healthy tree. And we're talking about you yeah, know, it can take you out miles. a house potentially. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean I'll, you know, I've heard tornado you know <laughs> uh, speed winds. So it, yeah. we've seen plenty of of healthy trees you know toppled by by microburst, but um, they have more of a, a better chance of course if they're, if they're healthier and pruned and, and uh, kind of
0: mitigate some of those, those risks. Okay, great. Uh, what trees so, so another question that we've consistently get is uh, roofs that get piled up with a lot of debris yeah and you know the, the debris goes in the gutter system or whatnot. Yeah. What are some of the messiest trees that you might recommend somebody avoid here in Arizona? that's planted in like a condensed living space, like a condominium that's close to these storm systems and gutters and things.
1: Yeah. Pine trees, you know, a lot, a lot of those needles, um, I know cause a lot of problems, uh, and they're smaller. So they, they get in some of those smaller areas and clog them up.
0: Um, how often should, if, if managers have pine trees in their communities that are close to the roofs and potentially could gunk up the storm storm system how, yeah. how often should they be checking the roofs the gutters and clearing of those pine needles mm-hmm. i
1: i would think on a yearly basis probably prior to the monsoon season to make sure they're ready um uh, probably a roofer would have a better idea you know dealing with that um but yeah they can dump quite a few needles
0: so maybe before it gets too hot sometime in march yeah april yep yeah it. okay uh any other trees that just are super messy
1: you know most trees are messy so it's hard to (laughs) hard to answer that one sissus aren't very messy sissus that's yeah they're not they're not as messy as (laughs) it's a trade-off so that that's there's a good you found something good (laughs) out about about the sisu tree so um ficus trees you know they got little little leaves and, and berries but you you know you have bottle trees with pods and and a lot of your your desert trees have the the legum the legumes and and pods and the leaf drop. It's just they're all messy.
0: Yeah, you know, we we had a homeowner freaking out. Uh, well, this is an issue that comes up all the time, and homeowners always freak out about this, where the tree is in the common area. The developer is the one that placed it there, mm-hmm. and you know, the wind takes the pods or the needles or whatever and throws it in their pool. Yeah. And they think it's an association problem because it gunks up their pool system and their filter filtration system. And yep. our response typically is, uh, look, <laughs> this, this is there. You, you should know that a pine tree sheds. You should yeah. know that that tree, whatever it is with flowers is pretty in the, in the spring, but it's going to get messy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are sometimes these neighbor to neighbor disputes where mm-hmm. you have a tree close to the boundary line and whether it's a tree or an oleander is whatever it's growing onto the other person's property and under the law, technically you could just cut it straight on the, the property line, property yeah. line and sometimes if the tree is close enough if you cut it enough it'll probably kill the tree um, what with a sisu, for example, let's say a mm-hmm. sisu is only like two feet from the property line, and the owner—we've seen this before—they just cut straight up. Uh-huh. So it's very lopsided. Will a sisu withstand that? That type of trimming or pruning? Yeah, uh,
1: it, yeah, It's probably not going to affect the. I mean, long term, maybe it, it'll reduce some of the longevity, or, or if it becomes too imbalanced, maybe more prone to to falling over, you know, in a
0: in a storm. But probably not real real likely. What if about half of an oleander uh, is trimmed right up the line? What, I know that's not a tree. An oleander is technically a bush or plant, yeah, right? They, they, they can be trained as a tree. They,
1: the main concern there uh, would probably be exposing it to sunburn. You know, when you remove all the foliage and if it is exposed to the, to the sun, um, you get sunburn and
0: it'll, it, it'll start to decline over time. Uh, pretty much every other tree out there is pretty fragile, and if half of it's cut, it's going to die. Um, I w- I wouldn't say die, but it definitely will. Uh, could cause it to
1: start to decline. Yeah, taking taking half of a tree is is gonna is gonna
0: affect the long term health of it. Sure, any any species. It's pretty much common sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, if you were to give homeowners association managers or boards any piece of advice when it comes to trees in their community, what, what would your piece of advice be, or um, pieces of advice?
1: Sure. Um, so just having, having a certified arborist come and assess and, and, and try to develop a, a long-term plan so you can avoid some of these, these issues over time. I mean, it's always a question of, you know, there's a limited amount of resources, right? And so it, having someone knowledgeable that can come and, and kind of prior to, prioritize those, those needs those hot button you know issues that that are most likely going to cause them a lot of problem and start addressing those building a, a program to start addressing those um, so that you know there's there's less conflict and, and people the the, the the association members
0: you know are satisfied more likely to be satisfied sure awesome great advice uh, so if any of the listeners need to get a hold of you how, how do you, how do they get a hold of you or who would they contact for the your HOA division?
1: Um, so they just call our office number. You know, Tree Doctors, Inc. is the, the our company name. And uh, office number 480-844-4037. So you can either speak to Sue or Carol in the office, and they'll be happy to schedule a, an appointment to have one of our certified arborists come
0: and assess the needs of your communities. Fantastic. Maricopa County only or statewide or multi-state? Maricopa County. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming in and speaking with us today. It's been fantastic. You bet. Thanks, Clint. Okay. Bye. Bye.